0: Welcome to Data-Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data-Driven Recruiting. I'm your host, Sophia, and our guest today is Kate LaFleur, Senior Technical Recruiter at Convoy. Hi, Kate. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. It's really nice to meet you. Definitely. It's an honor. Thank you. (laughs) Convoy has been one of the hot technology startups in the Valley. For our listeners, maybe you can do a quick intro about the company and also your current role.
1: Yeah, happy to. Convoy is amazing. I'm just so lucky to work for a company that has been seeing so much success over the last six years. We were founded back in 2015. Grant Goodall and Dan Lewis, as the co-founders, both uh, came from Amazon and identified A lot of inconsistencies and inefficiencies in freight trucking so they wanted to create a platform to automate all of the shipments and logistics around matching truck drivers with manufacturing companies so our product today is a digital freight marketplace you know we are a digital broker automating shipments and connecting them directly to truck drivers our mission is really transporting the world with endless capacity and zero waste. So at the core and the mission for Convoy, we are operating through fully automated processes to lessen the burden of CO2 emissions that this industry sees. It's actually the second largest industry for greenhouse gas emissions behind oil and grass manufacturing. It's a massive industry with lots of opportunity for disruptive technology to encourage just better practices, more capacity, faster shipment rates. And ultimately, we are making like directly combating climate change through automation and technology.
0: Wow. Yeah. I did not know about the impact that it can have on actually fighting climate change as well. Because I was thinking that, it oh, this is like solving so much of economic and creating so much efficiency and values from the business point of view. But in addition to that, there is, yeah, like if a truck goes full and then return empty, that's like kind of a wasted space and it just creates- totally.
1: I think it's roughly around 35% of all miles being driven are empty Mm -hmm. at this point. And just imagine this $800 billion marketplace and 35% of those miles are completely empty and wasted just based on antiquated business practices. So Mm -hmm. Convoy really is rethinking how we ship you know, from point A to point B at the very basis of how we, you know, go to Target and buy the candle from the shelf or go to that, you know, Home Depot or whatever it looks like, or buy that bottle of water and just making sure that we can move product efficiently without overburdening, you know, our non-renewable resources and really taking care of the environment.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing problem. Technology can have really big impact, right? And also the new kind of a more modern business practices of using technology instead of thinking that like, oh hey logistics is like logistics it's a old school but like totally that modern thing I love it how about I guess uh you know I've mentioned your title you know but what do you what do you do at convoy yeah. yeah
1: so I cover the majority of engineering hiring me and my colleague are covering all of our engineering and tech hiring within convoy at this point prior to my time at convoy I had worked with uber for and Uber beyond that with ATG and self-driving vehicles. Um, I worked there for about a year, year and a half, maybe a little over a year and a half developing business practices around recruiting values, you know, working in Uber freight actually opened my eyes to logistics and pointed me in the direction of convoy. And I joined convoy because of that mission statement, right? Like we really at the heart of how we hire, how we operate internally, everything kind of drills down to that value and creating efficiency through automating. And that just goes to show you like data is at the heart of everything that Convoy is looking into and developing. And so, yeah, that's how I got to Convoy. Before my time at Uber, I spent a good amount of time in agency. I had been working with a really boutique, small Europe-based agency company that was working in really niche profiles for Salesforce before, you know, CRM and the cloud computing came into play. And back in 2015, 2016, when um, everybody was looking for like a Salesforce developer, that's what I kind of cut my teeth with these really niche purple squirrel kind of roles, which is really what I'm passionate about, right? Like how do I help companies and my hiring managers build teams with these really niche profiles and excellent engineers, but teaching them that better practices for interviews and values-based questions and technical questions. How do we associate very hard to how do I say purple schools are really hard to calibrate in the interview process because they have such a unique skill set. So really kind of drilling down with my hiring managers and at that point clients what was the need? Why would we need to hire somebody? Why can't we repurpose somebody from a different skill set into that role? And how do we differentiate a niche profile candidate from something more fungible and try to help them understand that interview process and how to build pipeline, look at the market and understand who has the associated skill sets within their local area. Um, how do we get in front of that candidate? How do we get them into the process? So that's really my bread and butter. And what I really enjoy about recruiting is kind of finding that Purple unicorn and really getting getting in front of them and building that kind of marketplace.
0: I mean, you you use you really well, but I I can also tell your kind of a personality and where you you know when you see the challenge, right? Because technical recruiting itself is hard. And technical recruiting for very specific role where there aren't that many candidates around, it's even harder. Totally. But it sounds like when challenges are presented to you, like your reaction is like, I'm going to go like figure this out rather than like, oh my God, that's like, too much work or it's too difficult to solve so I mean I think that I guess uh, your interest and personality also really jives well and I guess uh, that's why you find these challenging roles actually really fascinating for you that's a really ideal situation kind of a Talking more about that, like how do you, when Combo is a tackling this really interesting but also challenging problem, there are many dimensions, right? I mean, there is the, you know, first you have to work with a still pretty old fashioned industry and bring the technology So adoption is gonna be hard and you need to just make product that's like easy for people to use, right? Because to make that uh, adoption easier, but there is also the logistical part and like, you know, even getting the data on where are all the trucks? what are the roots <laughs> like things totally. and like think putting it on the platform to even make a marketplace. I mean, that's also difficult. So that itself, I think what the company's, the, the problem is tackling is kind of a shaping the skills and roles that you need to hire for. And I would love to hear more about like, what are some of those skills that you're looking for when you're looking for the roles? And I, I bet there are different roles within even the technical recruiting that you're responsible for definitely um i think so the way that i like to think about it Convoy is
1: agnostic when it comes to the languages, the technology that we're using. We really want to encourage almost anyone, right? Anybody can apply to, to Convoy and learn more about it. We're so early stage in our like trajectory that I think we have the flexibility to be more fungible with our profile. So we tend to look for like folks who have experience in the tech stack that we're working in, You know, TypeScript, JavaScript, Node.js, Python, and find good engineers who are interested in learning about new technologies. Like, the new TypeScript or the GraphQL in the front end or the new Amazon stack from the back end, looking into like different machine learning techniques, whether it's a Python stack that we're using or if we're doing more cloud computing with Amazon. So we really try to keep it as fungible as possible. At the same time, we are in a really pivotal part for Convoy's trajectory in that we have more and more niche skill sets around research science, econometrics and forecasting and and network efficiency and really diving deep into the data and utilizing our insights to direct our product. And those are really interesting to kind of see in my discussions with hiring managers and how we're building teams. What are these niche skills that we don't have or like the gaps that we need to fill for and give me as much of a head start as I can, right? Because those are going to be the most challenging positions to number one, find the local market Get in front of them, get them into process, and then close them on the back end. But that process of, you know, how do we start to define what a machine learning engineer is at Convoy versus what we see at Facebook or Amazon or Google or even other startup companies in the marketplace? How do we start to differentiate that profile for what Convoy needs in the future? That process of the intake and discovering what this team gap looks like, whether it's a values-based or if it's the specific skill set that we need, what kind of profile should we be looking for or, you know, programs that those individuals would be coming from, whether it's the education or if it's a boot camp or, you know, really building out that understanding for these niche areas is what I, I really enjoy about my job. It's a lot of discovery. It's a lot of conversations and networking and connections across my my individual network, but I also like to lean heavily on, you know, the people that I've hired for these roles in the past, or even my team that's existing. I really want to put a lot of emphasis in, yes, it's recruiting's job to give you the map of the market and let you know, hey, this is what we're working with, but let's lean on our partners, our individual engineers or hiring managers to reach out to people and kind of build that network organically. So like having that conversation and strategic conversation or with being more strategic in that approach to the market is something that I really enjoy talking with higher managers about.
0: And I love that because it's often, like, I think we forget. I I mean, I see more with the senior professionals that they are able to really have that discussion. Like, what is this job really about? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the skills that we really need? And also, like, how do we also make the trade-offs, right? Like, maybe we you know, maybe this is a good to have skills, but maybe not a mandatory one versus what is mandatory and really help them think through, right? Like, you know, why and why it should it be? And then also having that strategic discussion of like, okay, we're not just gonna hire one and done, right? And it's recruiting team is not a service organization, right? It's a true partnership mm-hmm. and, you know, the best people to attract, Those candidates is actually the team, right? So like really enabling them and and seeing them why that's important to go out and do the networking as well. Definitely, as you know, the recruiting team's partnership really throughout. And I think that's a you know often. It's a difficult one to pull out when you have all so many roles and just like they are day in day out, just like talking, being on a call with the candidates every day and all day. It's like I think an easy one to like just dismiss, but I think it's a critical one to make the whole recruiting process successful. So I I love that you are you know really bring that to home and say like I think it, and it's a maybe even more critical for difficult roles, right?
1: Yes. I think the more critical aspect in my brain or my mind would be like calibrating our internal interviewers about these niche roles and how, what questions and how in-depth do we expect their answers. So to me, I think the calibration and the partnership starts with the hiring manager, number one, but also the folks that are in that interview panel and make sure that everybody's on the same page for when we identify a candidate, These are the skill sets that we need. They're over exceeding our expectations or they're under exceeding, or like, how, what are those trade offs that we're comfortable making? And then the candidate experience from mapping the market, getting in front of those candidates, making sure that they're leaned into Convoy, talking about offers up front, because as we all know, this is a very, an increasingly competitive marketplace and, you know, continuing to be competitive and that, you know, go to company is very important. We want to maintain a high level bar when it comes to the folks that we're bringing in. So we need to find the hot, the hot top talent for the purple squirrel. And that becomes just increasingly difficult, but it's really important that partnership to your point starts at that intake. Like, what are we looking for? What are we working with in the marketplace? How are we going to get this individual, you know, in into the company and set them on a trajectory for success? You know, we, we don't necessarily want to put process in for process sake. We want to build on it and, and be able to, pivot and change where we need to dependent upon the business needs. So there's a lot of that going on at Convoy, right? There's lots of process building internally, you know, conversations around as we grow beyond a thousand people, we're roughly like 200, 210 in our engineering work. So we're still fairly small. There's a lot of impact that that very niche like individual could have. And then there's very likely a trajectory to build a team around that person. So like, this is a critical hire and we need to approach it with the same scrutiny as we would for an executive search, right? We really want to be Mm -hmm. maintaining that market network of like top talent, which just requires more reach outs, more partnership with my hiring manager, more marketing campaigns, more external reach outs from Convoy. Um, And that's a full partnership, right? That's not just something that recruiting can get done on by themselves. They need to we have lots of collaborative partnerships across the board for marketing and our people ops and hiring managers. Everyone should really be thinking about the external employee value proposition for Convoy.
0: Yeah. How do you get to the the calibration point? What has I guess what are some of the practical things that you tried and worked? And I I'm, I'm assuming it's an iterative process. It's not Definitely. like you do it once and and you're. At the like perfect calibrated team. So, how do you usually structure that process? Too.
1: Yeah. So, when I joined Convoy, they had done a lot of work to you know build out that structured interview process, and we do a very quick process because we want to you know find good talent, move them quickly, and then get an offer out. So, our process can be between two to three weeks, which is pretty quick. That being said, so I walked into a situation with Convoy where there was a very good structured process around our employee. Um, the company culture values and how we associate our interview questions and competencies with them. So we're always thinking about that value fit from a technical value versus a behavioral or situational value. So I did walk in with that, which was great. I think shifting into where we've made changes is around more senior level or even these niche profiles, right? There is a structured process, but it's for more fungible engineers who have, you know, a good background who can come in, plug and play, and really take advantage of that greenfield opportunity or ownership of a new product that we're expanding on or building And As we start to shift into more niche roles and profiles around data engineering, or if it's machine learning, or if it's data science or research science, The process that I tend to take is the intake. Obviously, recruiters are very familiar with that process, really understanding at the root of why we're hiring this individual. Um, I'll take that, I'll consolidate it into a digestible form that I can then put in front of a pilot of six or seven interviewers who are going to start the process of, you know, the first 10 or 15 candidates we have through our interview process will be with this particular panel. And they're Going to you know do a retro or a postdoc and and identify what that conversion rate looks like. How what are the common ratings that we have for this particular question on the architecture versus algorithms versus a coding question? Are we seeing the right type of signals and the conversion rates that we're looking for? And at the end of that you know two month pilot, we have a really honed in calibrated group of six or seven people that are asking questions that have been tested, they've been tweaked, they've been through the process. And, you know, if we are successful at identifying somebody we want to move with an offer, great, then we'll move with an offer and try to close that candidate. But if not, then we have the opportunity to build on a larger group of people or start the shadowing process again and be able to really build our collective understanding for what makes X, Y, and Z a successful candidate for this individual role. So I do like to start in a little bit of a a pilot, if you will, usually with about six or seven people that I'm, you know, constant contact with. And we're at every debrief, we're talking, is, is this the type of question? How in depth are we expecting their answers? If not, why how do we associate that answer with our values? Like, are they giving us Bobo, bring out the best of others, challenge ideas and respect decisions, really associating them with the values of the company so that when we do hire somebody, there's, you know, from a culture fit, they make sense. But there's also the, you know, example profile that we can then build on um, and say, we want to duplicate this person because, you know, they've been successful in this role. They pass the panel and then start to build from there. And that's, that's my structure. Um, We've seen some success with that. We're just early stages with a couple of these more niche profiles too. So we'll see how that works in the future. But yeah, that's kind of my tried and true (laughs) process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think it's a, it's kind of a, you're creating the process that will intentionally think about, well, what are we learning? What's working? And then using, like building out your institutional knowledge of how we become better machine to be able to identify and hire those people. So I love that. It's
1: also like a good practice to have that stopgap where, you know, I think a lot of companies and in my experiences have had kind of an overview of the program and then it's take it and with your individual hiring manager, you can manipulate it however you want, which I think is smart. At the same time, For Convoy, it's really important that we utilize and lean on data to identify like what's working and what's not through that A/B testing process, right? Because we're new, because we want to be better at interviewing and bring in the best of the talent, it's really important that we stop and ask ourselves: Are we asking the right types of questions? Are our expectations in line with the marketplace? And if not, then what other research or what other data can we bring in to pivot where we need to pivot or make tweaks and changes as we move forward? And I think that's a muscle that should not go away, even if we are at the point where we're as massive as, you know, a Facebook or a Google. I just don't know um, if they're doing that in practice as often as I would would suggest that they do that.
0: Yeah, really important things to keep in mind that the data driven recruiting portion, like you know, understanding, like, what are the areas are we seeing some of the um, improvement areas and how do we bring in more data or information to strengthen that? Actually, talking about that, like, do you have a specific funnel conversion rate so that you are kind of, hey, it should be at this, you know, rate to say, kind of at par with the other roles or other processes we've done? Or do you, is that more specific for the role?
1: I would say the latter across the board for all recruiting, whether it's an operations or GNA, or if it's an edge or product or data science, I think it's going to depend on what that market looks like, which is so important for a recruiter to own that market and really, you know, build on that network. At the same time, like we try to aim closer to 75% for conversions, for, especially at the top end of the funnel. If we're spending five, six hours of an interviewer's time, like we really want to make sure that we're Getting to that point where we're having good success for conversions with those candidates, right? We really want to operate as that gatekeeper for the top first and second halves of the process, the recruiter screen, the, um, the initial screen or the initial technical screen. Before we get to the final loop, we really want to have maybe roughly 50% of those candidates get to the final loop and then have a bigger trajectory for final debrief to offer. So I would say between like 75 or 80%. That's the goal. I mean, it's definitely a work in progress across the board, as you know, I'm, I'm it's a very competitive marketplace too. And we find good talent. It's hard to get them through the process and then be able to close them as well. So that's always something we're talking about from a high level. What can we do from a candidate experience perspective to set them on the right track for, for success in the end and be able to close them? So yeah, from a conversion rate perspective, it's going to fluctuate between the types of industries or the the roles that we're looking for, but roughly 50 to 75% at the top end of the the funnel.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, recruiting is a total teamwork and there needs to be a lot that come together to do so. So talking about actually kind of a more into the recruiting operation side, like how do we also create processes that's gonna like be scalable. What is your t- recruiting tech stack work sure. like, what do you use for ATS even or sourcing or or whatever yeah yeah
1: yeah, this is a really interesting topic for Convoy. I think we're in the process of different demos and like really constantly looking at the cool new tool that we want to do. right now we're using lever as our ATS. I mean obviously most of our sourcing is on LinkedIn externally um, externally speaking. And then we've looked at other diversity sourcing tools too, like Hire Tool, we did a demo for. We looked at Seekout, um, Mm -hmm. Intello, we've looked into. We've done a lot of, everybody on our team goes through Boolean search training and like GitHub Mm -hmm. training and making sure that there's like multiple avenues and different ways that we can surface profiles. So everybody gets trained on that on, on our team, which is kind of helpful. The other things we're using for a process perspective through the interview itself, we do coder pad for our coding interviews, sketchboard as our virtual whiteboarding tool. We're also doing Adaptalab lab for some of our assessments on SQL, more technical assessments, and then in the operation space, we're using an assessment tool called eSkills, although we've looked at a couple of different ones so far. So we'll we'll see where, where 2021 or 2022 is going to have us or head us for where we're going to be at that point. But those are most of the tools that we're using these days.
0: How about do you use anything to kind of uh, automate like scheduling interviews or productivity tools or? Yeah,
1: so Calendly, that's like definitely one of the things that I love the most. And then I know with Lever, there are, Um, Easy book links that you can do very similar to Calendly, but it's a really good integration or it works with very well with our Lever system. Um, And we have, you know, uh, recruiting coordinators who help schedule interviews and automate that as much as possible through Lever. But yeah, we try to lean in pretty heavily to those platforms that were existing. I think um, myself and my colleague, Mike Wandel, works pretty heavily within Lever for automation, reach outs, nurture campaigns, sent on behalf of campaigns, stuff like
0: that. Yeah, Lever has really, I think, introduced, I think it's the last year, a lot of the automated workflows and, and so on to make it a lot easier. Yeah, I think if you can automate some of the time-consuming things that you know how it should get done, then yeah, you can spend more time thinking and really kind of uh, utilizing more the human side, like strategic things. Very <laughs> so much I think so. it's always fun. Yeah, I love that how do you learn and acquire new skills? Because the recruiting is also like, it's a continuous learning. And I love that uh, your team also has like the Boolean search training um, internally. What have you found to be really helpful for you? And it can be also just the resources like that you found to be helpful. Yeah, so I do this a
1: little on my own, but like Skillshare is a platform that I pay for and I I really enjoy it. It's kind of fun to do those videos and like get familiar with, some of the more um, nuanced concepts around data science, research science and machine learning and like, what is a model and how do you build that? And what is training, reinforcement learning versus unsupervised or supervised learning or whatever, whatever that looks like. We're doing some stuff in the transactional space. So I'm trying to like learn a little bit more about what that means so that in the profile, you know, I can have intelligent conversations with candidates around what they have been doing and how that associates with what we're trying to do here which can differentiate me as a recruiter, knowing that there's just an extra layer of depthness that I want to expose myself to so that I can have that intelligent conversation. So like I've done a Python course I've done. uh, When I was doing Salesforce, I was looking into different CRMs and kind of understanding what that integration looks like. So just kind of embedding myself in the technology and letting myself absorb it, even though a lot of it goes over my head, <laughs> but just pulling like high level concepts is something that I, I enjoy to do on just on my own time for learning new concepts around um, strategies for reach outs. I will talk a lot to, you know, my managers in the past or people that I've learned from some of the best mm-hmm. people that I've worked with in the past have been sourcers and they just really have done the work to know what works and what doesn't, you know, if it's an automated message, that's usually not the best way to go about getting somebody on the phone, especially if they're a purple squirrel and they're like, you know, getting hit up six or seven different times a day on LinkedIn. So there's different ways that I'll, I'll try to get in touch with them, but sourcing my, I've been very fortunate to work with some of the best people in the industry. And so I'll I'll keep learning from them. And sometimes they'll come out with white papers on LinkedIn and we'll just have have a, a high level conversation around, what makes sense for this industry, especially now, oh my gosh, things are so insane with COVID and the the marketplace being as competitive as it is. Yeah. It's really helpful to like have this community of incredibly experienced enge- recruiters who work in the engineering space to, to just kind of bounce ideas off of. So yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how I do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, lovely. And I mean, you're investing a lot of time too also, I can tell like, you know be more knowledgeable about the the, the roles you're hiring for and i think yeah that absolutely makes you more effective in finding candidates but also delivering the candidate experience right as you said yeah it's if they don't feel like you understand them it's going to be hard discussion to get their credibility and like really you know build a relationship so i think that's like huge
1: Absolutely. I would also say for building trust with my hiring managers and mm. l- like letting them feel like, even though I may not understand the in-depthness of like what they're trying to do, at least from a high level, I can understand yeah. the importance or the urgency behind why we need X, Y, and Z person in this role. Mm-hmm. So it's building trust. It's like really Owning that marketplace from end to end and, and not being just that superficial HR partner for a candidate. Like, I really right. want to have their best interest at heart and set them up for success by diving deep into exactly what this role is looking for and making sure that they're very aware going into the process.
0: Yeah. I mean, any any hiring teams um, who will work with you, it's like very, very um, fortunate of them to have such a partner. That's sweet. <laughs> well, I try. <laughs> Still a work in progress, but I try. <laughs> One quick last question, and I, I ask this to everyone. Who are some talent acquisition leaders that you respect in the industry? So in other words, who should I invite next to this show? Who could really share uh, interesting insights? Absolutely.
1: So I actually prepped for this because I was listening to those other episodes. So one of the one of my best managers who I really took a lot of learning from when I came through agency to in-house, was Robert Gonzalez. He works as the engineering manager for, or engineering recruiting manager for Robinhood. Um, And he had spent a lot of time at TiVo and then Google, Uber, Uber Freight. That's where I worked with him. And for me, I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to building relationships with senior leadership. I think I always have this like imposter syndrome in the back of my head. And I think he really brought me out of that shell and was like, listen, we're just trying to work as a team here. Let's take away the ego and just have a pretty broad conversation about what works and what doesn't. So I always appreciated that, that there is a relationship that a partnership that I can foster from the ground level. And that's a lot of owning the marketplace, owning that industry, really understanding what the role needs and that profile is so that I can accurately communicate that to candidates and hire more effectively. Definitely him. (laughs) In my agency days, when I was just starting off recruiting, Jessica Jackson, she works at K2 Partnering. She was one of the first individuals to show me how important the networking piece of recruiting is, you know, not from a LinkedIn, I'm going to reach out to a million people, but really building relationships with people you've put into a role, turn them into hiring managers, and then expand on that relationship. And from a personal level too, how do you create trust with people that you've placed five years ago? Like I'm still in contact with people that I placed, you know, a while and, and I could place them again. And that relationship was taught to me by Jessica Jackson. She's one of the best sorcers I think I've ever worked with. Diane Wales is another sorcerer that I worked with at Uber Freight. She's fantastic. She is just the workhorse. I'm going to go do everything that I can to Maximize candidate experience, really own this marketplace in a way that she was looked on from a leadership perspective, like our COO, our director of engineering for Uber Freight was very much in her back pocket because they knew if any questions came around the marketplace or what was accessible or available, Diane knew. So definitely her. I think that she really taught me a lot about mm. how to communicate my knowledge of marketplace and what's going on in, in with candidates. So definitely her. And then Alex Kim was my manager at Uber as well. Um, he was really great. He's just like, had been with Uber for a really long time. He had mentored hundreds of people at Uber within recruiting and really set the stage for culture mm. um, and just was really fun to work with and and really embodied like having fun with work-life balance, but still being very productive. Um, And then my current manager, Tessa Wilder, Jocelyn um, Combrey, they're great. I think I'm learning right now in real time, how to be effective with such a small group of people, but are really passionate about hiring and building a team from the ground level. So, and you know, the, every company goes through growing pains. And I think, Allowing myself to be just a sponge to that knowledge has been really rewarding. While uh, Tessa and I have been working together, Mike Wandel is another candidate or another, my co my mm. colleague in engineering and convoy. Excellent. Just an incredible closer. You know, he's very good about getting to the heart of what a candidate is looking for and how we associate convoy's needs with what that candidate wants to do with their career. So yeah, he's excellent. So some folks.
0: Yeah, thank you really appreciate all the the thoughtfulness and preparedness on on this question. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And thank you again for, you know, joining the show and, you know, sharing your time and your experience and insights with uh, with our listeners. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode. For more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please visit ddr.codesignal.com. We'll see you next time.